is a sports ethos presentation so check out sports ethos on twitter at sports ethos online sports ethos.com ladies and gentlemen i have a good show for you today lauren gunn was my guest you can follow her on twitter at the lauren gunn l-a-u-r-e-n-g-u-n-n in addition to being credentialed media for the nba and noted high volume mavs tweeter Lauren Gunn is co-host of the NBA podcast, The Gun Shot Podcast, which she does with her brother, Grant Gunn, which I think is really, really cool. Um, Lauren just gave tremendous insight on the Dallas Mavericks from top to bottom. We talked about her thoughts on this unit as a whole, kind of went into their positions of need, notably point guard and whatever position that Luca and Christian Wood aren't playing. I'm just kidding. Um, those positions are adequately well, although we did ask, you know, kind of for more time for both Christian Wood to play and make a positive impact on this team, as well as Jaden Hardy. We also ranked some rotation players outside of Luca and where they fit in on this team, graded Coach Kitt's performance, and gave Lauren a chance to give an update prediction of where the Mavs will land in the standing. So, really a tremendous conversation. Highly enjoyed it. Make sure, again, to follow Lauren on Twitter. Uh, there is a tremendous product that she might be unveiling pretty soon in the works that it will behoove you to check out, because I don't even know what it is, but it sounds exciting. So, definitely make sure to look at that. Aside from that, y'all, um, we'll be back tomorrow kind of talking some early season mulligans of mine as well as the episodes I hate to do which are the award season because I just feel it's too early for that but we're gonna throw out some awards or some nominations or who I think would win said award if the season would end right now which we know it won't so it feels ridiculous but I'm not going to get in the way of my own content hashtag gotta keep it going so definitely make sure to stay tuned for that uh some draft coverage a little bit later in the week as well but until next time, y'all, I am Frosty. Y'all stay frosty. Until you hear from me next time, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with the Lauren Gunn. All right, y'all. All right, and welcoming on first-time guest. We've worked on the Ch- well Chase's podcast. Now I'm forgetting his last name. Chase, don't hate me. <laughs> Chase. Chase Thomas. Good Thank sir. You. There it is. You know, Thank for a brief you. second, I was like, yeah, uh, that's. A, I just always say Chase, and I Chase. wait for some Lakers slander. But yep, yep. usually, we all collaborate here. This time, as my first time, or the first time guest on my show, uh, Lauren Gunn. You can follow her on Twitter at Lauren Gunn. L A U R E N G U in two N's. Uh, media member, high volume Mavs tweeter. In addition to being co-host to the NBA podcast, The Gunshot. Just a great person. Uh, happy to have on Lauren. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. Thank you for that. That was a, a delightful intro. I appreciate it. But no, Thank I am you. doing great. The Mavs are starting to turn it around. I think, you know, they got a, a little ways to go, but I've been, uh-huh. I'm in a good mood because we're starting to see a little bit of a shift. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad that we're recording now right after. Before uh, it know, goes back. <laughs> exactly. <to that>. Potentially, <laughs> right? We're just off of a 
really good win for the Mavericks, crushing the Suns, which mm-hmm. is something I've been doing for the most part uh, with, like, one exception, maybe regular for the last two seasons. But um, 130 to 111, knocked down, what, almost 50% of their threes? Yeah, it was nuts. It was pretty wild. Yeah, I watched the highlights of that because I'm like, I'm just going to check that. And even that just showed demoralizing us for Phoenix. But um, looking at that, taking mm-hmm. that one performance aside, as great as it was, taking yeah. stock of the Mavericks in totality – uh, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts of this team as a whole? Like, are they better than what you expected? Worse? Kind of just about where you thought they would be? I'd say so far they're worse than I expected. Uh, okay. and, and the main reason for that is we're getting close. If we're not already to the 20 game mark, we might even be, yeah, we're, we're past the 20 game mark. Um, and Christian Wood is not starting yet. And that right now is limiting how this team is functioning and, and in terms of reaching their ceiling and I like it's it's just getting to a point where without going on a whole tangent, you need to be building continuity. You need to be putting together the recipe for success. And while you don't have a clear number two that's starting with Luca, I mean, you can make an argument that it's Spencer Dinwiddie, but um, consistently on a night to night basis, when you're looking at the talent, it looks like Christian Wood is the second most talented player on this team. And the fact that he's not starting is just, I mean, they might be top 10 in defense and type top 10 in offense, but we're, they're, they're losing games to, to bad teams. And so, uh, and, and, and underhanded teams. And so it just, it, there are so many nights where you just want to pull your hair out. And even though maybe some of those numbers are there, um, they're last in the league in rebounding, which no surprise wow, yeah. they're at their last and so it's just i mean most nights luca's the leading rebounder with like seven or eight rebounds which is atrocious and so <laughs> they've got some clear glaring issues that they need to work out i think javel mcgee has not panned out the way they wanted have wanted him to but he is i think panning out the way a lot of fans and and, and maps twitter people have expected him to pan out mm-hmm. Um, so I fully expect them to be, uh, active, you know, in the next starting in nine days when unofficial trade season opens. Uh, cause to me, they've got a lot of improvement that they need to kind of turn around, uh, quickly. Absolutely. I was going to say, this is like, um, McGee's second still on the mass, right? I think he did something like the it mid is, It is. Okay. Just yeah, about as unproductive. It, exactly exactly and he kind of came into this season I remember him saying you know I've, I've got a new diet I've got new I'm just I'm, he- I'm fully healthy now kind of the whole thing that you know you typically hear when somebody either makes their return or they're a little bit older or whatever the case may be and it's I don't want to say oh he's just a terrible player or anything I just don't know that the fit is there and we've got other guys on the roster that when they get the nod and our and get the minutes that were I guess promised supposedly promised to him coming into this season they just seem to play with more effort and it's just that simple and so we need somebody that gives the effort of a Dwight Powell of a Maxi Kleba but that has the body and prototype of a JaVale McGee and we don't have that player right now and to me especially being last in the league in both total and defensive rebounds and 29th in offensive rebounds um that to me is the biggest need that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's funny. We're going to talk about another position I was looking at, a position need I'm sure you know about. And then here we bring up mm-hmm. in Christian Wood. And he's been playing amazing, but I, having yeah. not locked in on the Mavs as much, I didn't realize just how big of a difference it is when he's on the floor than not outside of watching a game and being like, wow, they really yeah. need Christian Wood right now. We've seen that in a few of their games this season. I think most notably when he went on that huge third quarter run in the very first game against the Suns, where yeah. I was yelling 
at the TV when Kid took him out. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Like, um, and unfortunately, sense. unfortunately, that wasn't the last time we saw it. I mean, mm. he just, it's it got to a point, and I tweeted this out a couple of weeks ago, that part of me wondered in the back of my brain, oh, is are they trying to be a little strategic and, and wrongfully strategic and trying to maybe limit his opportunity in terms of, okay, he's an expiring player, our really only path forward is to extend him no matter what that dollar amount is, but it might help us if he's maybe not this clear second number two, who's putting up crazy numbers because of the high volume uh, that might help us in terms of that dollar amount that he's expected and and could accept. And Mm. to me, that is to, to even weigh that consideration is already a terrible way to be going about it. Uh, And I don't know that that's the case. I have no reason to believe that, but there have just been multiple scenarios where it's like, He's he's got 25 and who are you going to put you're going to close with with Maxi who has been struggling from 3 for the majority of the season. He's kind of starting to pick it up lately, which is great. But it's very clear that you need to keep Christian Wood in the game and they just pull him out and there's for the life of me, I can't come up with a good explanation. And 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 don't get me wrong, there are times when it's a little lackluster on defense, but overall you can't like sometimes the offense will just go completely stagnant except for, but if you have Christian Wood out there, it looks a little bit different. And so there are times when I want to pull my hair out and I have to just assume that ultimately they will get this starting lineup right. And Christian Wood will be a part of it. Got you. Yeah. I mean, everyone else can see on the outside. So hopefully front office (laughs) coaches. Oh God. (laughs) <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Speaking of the front office, we got to talk about um, their newest addition. I mean, well, first I got to ask you this question, because we knew yeah. going into the season, a point guard was like a glaring weakness for this team. They lost Jalen yeah. Brunson and didn't actually bring in someone to replace him. They are like, right. we got ball handlers. I remember, I think it was, um, wasn't Nico Harrison? I think he was talking about, oh, like, Nilakina. Like, he kept people going down, guys. Frank. Yes, yeah. and it was like, basically, it was just bringing up people who could dribble the ball, and that's, that's kind of different than being a point guard. Um, and I think we saw that. Yeah, like, we've seen that play out pretty devastating fashion here. Um, mm-hmm. And that was right before signing Kemba Walker, what, this past yes. week. So yes. I guess my question is, well, it's twofold. One, and I know you've been on Twitter kind of talking about this too, but yes. why did the Mavs front office take so long in, like, rectifying an issue that we all saw from the beginning? And then kind of parlaying that into the second question, now they've got a quote-unquote solution in Kemba Walker, but he's a player who, while we know, has had a really good career. Um, Nico Harrison said himself, his knees are gone. So it's like, why'd you sign him? So I just want to throw that over to you and yeah. let you sort that out for me here. Yeah, well, first, for anyone that did not hear the quote from Nico uh, talking about Kemba's knees, uh, he said, he said uh, it's not good. That was the big quote that was being kind of tossed around on Twitter. And looking at his whole his whole comment on the situation, the way I looked at it was one, you don't say that for a guy that you just signed. And and I don't even know that he really meant it as, Oh, he's completely washed because like you said, why would you sign a guy? If your true opinion is he is completely washed. That makes zero sense. So to me, <laughs> um, I kind of took it as a, well, you really didn't put a whole lot of thought into that. Did you? And so, and I just kind of took it for what it was because Kemba seems really engaged. I have learned my lesson on trying to get my hopes up. So I'm going to expect nothing and be surprised, pleasantly surprised by anything. And so for Dallas, I had spoken, I think even to you, maybe a little bit of how going into this season, I did expect them to go and find a tertiary ball handler uh, 
someone that they could trust to run the offense, not necessarily a, uh, an exciting signing. Like I think even Sharif Cooper, we were kind of talking about at one point, or at least I was talking about, okay, yeah, yeah maybe take that flyer. You, you're really not in a position to go out and get anyone you want, but this could be a situation that could high risk, high reward kind of thing. Um, and for the Mavericks, you do, that's kind of the situation that you find themselves in. But for the Mavs, that's just not how they operate. They do. And I, I had said, my guess is that they're going to go for a DJ Augustine, a Kemba Walker, a older, more veteran player that maybe he's not going to be available for all 80, 82 games or whenever you sign him. But when he is available, you are going to trust him to move the ball and get things moving and find Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench or get Josh Green on a backdoor cut or whatever the case may be. So the Kemba Walker signing I was pleased to see it because like I think anyone would think you're not going to go out and sign someone if you never expect him to play a game uh but I just don't know what to expect and to 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 kind of quickly touch on your your first question of why did it take so long mm-hmm. part of me as much as I hate to say it I do think that there's a little bit of pride involved and I I, I think that they're they're aware that the roster around Luca is not where it needs to be but I think after my my read is that after the Porzingis situation, they're very, especially with Nico, very particular with how they want to go about what moves they want to make. And they don't want to find themselves backed into a corner paying someone long term that's difficult to get out of because for so long they haven't had draft assets available. And they are so, so close to having all of their draft picks available to go out and try and make this final move for Luca. So unfortunately, until I think next season when their picks like reset and and they're available to trade all of them. I think it's only reasonable to expect these kind of lateral, no clear home run moves and just hope that the fit works and you go find like an example is a campaign in Phoenix. I mean, he, he had played with the Texas legends, kind of got his footing back, got signed by Phoenix and then got extended on a, on a multi-year deal for, I think it was three for 30. So, so, um, so, so that's, I think that's, the kind of situation Dallas is hoping to kind of hit on right now. And then at the trade deadline, maybe find a way to either bring in, even if it's just second round picks or another kind of veteran wing player to just try and add to this depth. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, that's an excellent theory as far as probably being proud because everyone looking in, we all thought, okay, you lose Jalen Brunson. What is the next step? And for right. them to be like, we don't have a step. Like, not in that way, but just like, we got this all under control. We're just going to sit pat. Yeah. And, you know, hashtag internal development. <laughs> it's like from where? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And unfortunately, I mean, I, I, I'm a big Jaden Hardy believer, and I think that they truly lucked out on that. But yes. again, they're not exactly handling that situation as best as I think that they could. Uh, but that's kind of a wait and see. I, I think ultimately he will play his way into a consistent role eventually I don't know if it will be this season I'd love for it to be but I just don't know that it will mm-hmm. um but kind of rewinding and looking back at um the summer like Colin Sexton is a great example yeah. there was lots of chatter of oh the Mavs are sniffing around on Colin Sexton it just seemed on paper like a perfect fit mm-hmm. unfortunately Dallas and this is kind of a, a harsh reality of the situation that they find themselves in is Cleveland's not taking Tim Hardaway Jr. They're not taking spent. They don't need to. They're, they don't need to. And so yeah, they're good. you, your, your, your books and the contracts that you have and the draft situation. I mean, you can only make so many moves. Maybe the money works, but for the other team, there's a whole other party involved. And if for them, why would they want to go out and, and bring in a guy who's got three years, 50 plus remaining on his contract? It just, just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I think with Josh Green playing the way he is, him being up for a contract extension, um, 
Christian Wood being on an expiring deal, I'm sure that they would like to re-sign him. And then you've got Spencer Dinwiddie and Reggie Bullock, who will who are nearly in the final years of their deal uh, beyond this season. I think they're going to find themselves in a position to really try and be strategic with how they, um, I guess, sign players and structure their books moving forward. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. It's something to just be mindful of, maybe learning from the mistakes of this past offseason. Absolutely. In line for next one. Uh, kind of looking at the rest of his roster. I mean, we touched on Jaden Hardy. I'm glad you brought him up. As a Laker yeah. fan, I remember waiting, <laughs> hoping it's up to us, and then being stunned that we took Max Christie. All due respect to Max Christie, who's also not doing a whole lot for us, but just yeah. Jaden Hardy is a steal, and yeah, I really hope he gets more run, for sure. Me too, me too. Yeah, definitely. But um, looking at the rest of this roster, I guess we know Luca's this team's MVP, honestly. I mean, he's right there, top two for me in terms of actual MVP. Um, But I want to kind of get you to rank these other players in terms of their performance. You already mentioned one in Christian Wood, um, but I also want to throw out Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie. You already mentioned Josh Green and Tim Hardaway Jr. These other ancillary pieces that, you know, come in have had their moments, every one of them, uh, for wins for this Mavericks team. But just in general, kind of how do you rank them for this season by their performance? Yeah, I mean, I got to – so there's a little bit of recency bias with Tim Hartley Jr., so I'm going to mm-hmm. try to take that out of it. <laughs> uh, but I think overall in terms of consistency and impact on both ends of the floor, I think it's got to go number two, Christian Wood, just because you just – it has to be Christian God, yeah. Wood. Mm-hmm. Number three, I do think it is Josh Green because while on some nights he doesn't pop off offensively, if you really look at everything he does on a night-to-night basis, the game changes when he's in there, and that's just a fact. Yeah. And so for him, for me, number three, it's Josh Green. Um, number four, Spencer Dinwiddie. I think he. there are nights when he's not on, and it's not pretty, but when he is, the offense really does move, and, and they look like a good team. Uh, and we saw it. I think Phoenix was a good example. At Golden State, even that game was, was yeah. also a good example of that. Yeah. Um, and then number four, number four, I guess I <laughs> – I guess this is how bad it is, people, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I got to say, or I, I think we're at five. Maybe we're at five now. Yeah, we're at yeah. five. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go Dorian Finney-Smith because he, well, he hasn't been shooting very well lately. Overall, he's just, he's co- he's consistent and he's solid. So you you can rely on him night in and night out. And then I think, I guess last, I got to go Tim Hardaway Jr. Because up until probably this last week, it was not good. It wasn't it was good. Not good. And so he's. I, I'm. I'm glad that they've started him because on one end, I think he maximizes. Another thing I've been tweeting about is I think he maximizes off of the spacing with Luca, uh, as opposed to being in that second unit and feeling like he's back in New York where he's got to start creating the shots. I think this is a much better situation for him. Uh, and I also think for the dollar amount that he's making, this is probably going to be the best move for both him. Uh, and the Mavericks, if, you know, that is a path that they choose to pursue down the line. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I kind of like the way I, I rank these pretty similar. I guess I flip-flopped yeah. because just my lack of watching as much Mavericks as recently, Tim Hardaway, because I definitely fell for that recency bias. But <laughs> Well, it's, it's easy to fall for it because yes. it's like, oh, this could have been happening the whole time. Yep, he's like, been on fire. 34% yeah. from three, let's get it. <laughs> oh, my God, exactly. So I, yeah. I don't blame you at all. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I, yeah, I just I, – I like to think and this is kind of what I'm talking about with them getting the lineup shaken out because personally I do think that there's a world in which Josh Green should be starting I also think that Tim Hardaway has earned his starting spot and so where does that leave Spencer Dinwiddie where does that leave you know Reggie Bullock they have things that they just need to work out and and I don't know that all those guys end up starting because you can't start them all but I absolutely think uh Christian Wood needs to be in there and I kind of am leaning towards 
well, Josh Green is having success at a bench role, but Tim Hardaway Jr. wasn't. So yeah. right now you need to be having guys on fi- firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. So I do think right now prioritizing Tim in that starting spot is the right thing to do. Absolutely. I agree. I think Josh Green has that, again, to quote another former Laker analogy, but like Alex Caruso type feel where yeah. like he gets after, he's making impact plays, not really a quote-unquote great shooter, but he's knocking it down, especially from the corner solid clip. And he's oh, always yeah. good for like one, what the heck kind of play. Yeah. Yeah. Last night I watched him. I don't know if you saw the highlight, from, but he had a uh, a rebound where he kind of like saw it and it was not going to hit anything. And he yep. just picked it up and like, reverse it. Yeah, a re- little reverse mic and drill. And I was like, God, like it was he, so smooth. He, it, was it was so, so smooth. smooth. And he just, you can, he's one of those players that you really enjoy seeing them put in the work and finally make the most of their opportunity in terms of just building his confidence. Yeah. Um, one thing that they talked a lot about coming into this season was that he spent his whole offseason working alongside Kyle Lowry, which I found to be very oh, wow. interesting because it's a very unlikely, yeah. but like, like you spent and, and, you and, seeked and, out Kyle Lowry. Okay. Yeah. And so <laughs> Kyle told him, he, he, he said this coming into the season don't pass the ball like hot, don't play hot potato out there looking for everyone like you are athletic you're working on that shot you've got to be aggressive because there's just so much confidence or, or confidence is such a big part of it and so seeing him get more and more opportunity constantly come in and make impact plays even when the shots aren't falling it's been fantastic to see and at, at last night I mean it was a very small thing but I think he I can't quite remember. I think it was Damian Lee, which I don't really know how much that says, but he he beat him off the dribble and just had like a nice smooth finish. And that was something that we never would have seen from him a year ago. So just seeing his game kind of transform and evolve uh, before our eyes has been really, really fun to watch. And I'm excited to see what that dollar amount is going to be for him because he's certainly earning it right now. Yeah, he most definitely is. And I mean, one more thing on Spencer Dinwiddie myself. I love the guy when he's hot. He's the ultimate feast or famine. Yeah. <laughs> but... Unfortunately, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yep. But when he's on fire, it's a sight to see, man. You know, it is. It definitely is. love it. <laughs> it is. And he, I mean, he really thrived last year in a bench role. And so while I think right now they do have to start him to kind of have that secondary ball handler, there have been times when they had Josh Green in a sort of Bruce Brown role where he brings up the ball, gets it to Christian Wood, or gets a dribble handoff going with Tim Hardaway Jr. So I do wonder if they take a couple of games to maybe start Josh Green and bring Dinwiddie off the bench I like that. Kemba doesn't work out. If they're not, still don't want to give Jaden Hardy minutes. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I do wonder what other looks that they could throw out there because right now they're like – right around 500 so yeah. it's time to start switching things up and and i think that they know that yeah for sure and i mean listen a lot of the credit blame whatever goes responsibility rather for switching it up we'll go to coach kid right now Absolutely. we're about a quarter of the way through year two i'm curious you've watched every game you're all over it yep. how would you grade coach kid's performance now having seen the good the bad and the ugly yeah this year i gotta give it uh like a D plus C minus. Oh, wow. It's okay. been quite it's been quite bad because it's not only the record. You can look at the record and be like, ooh, you got a an MVP candidate and you yes. are sucking it up. Yes. It's not even that. It's it's when you're watching the games, you're like, what what was that? What was that substitution? What is that matchup? Why is Tim Hardaway Jr. guarding Jalen Brown? Let's maybe switch that up. Uh, what was that final play call when you had seven seconds to get off of a shot, get off a shot to send it to overtime? And what'd you settle for? A crazy step back triple team three. Whoa, like we, we couldn't get anything going. And so there are so many times where you just, you're like, man, last year might have, I don't want to say it, it was a fluke because when you have Luca, it's so hard to really pinpoint mm-hmm. where, but there are 
clear moments where it's like, that was on you. That was on you. And even last night, um, I don't know that anyone that isn't on Mavs Twitter saw it, but uh, Luca was asked about Jaden Hardy only getting, well, not the fact that he only got three minutes of, of, I guess, garbage time, but the fact that he put up 10 points in three minutes and looked just really competent and really solid. But he was asked, um, do you think Jaden Hardy has proven and earned that he should get consistent minutes on the Mavericks, uh, like on their on their actual roster? Uh, and he said, I don't know, I just work here. Or he goes, you're not asking, the, I'm not the right guy to ask. I just wow. work there. And it's like, no, sh- you know, we need yeah. this guy out here because yeah. I, not that you're going to necessarily trust him to run your second unit, but the kid plays so hard. And in those two minutes, he was playing with Christian Wood and they're very close friends. They've known each other for a long time. And the entire final two minutes, every single time Christian Wood got the ball, he was giving it to Jaden Hardy, setting him a screen, trying to get him going. And the kid has confidence. The kid has skill. So get him in the game because right now on that second unit, you just don't have a whole lot of offensive creation. Absolutely. And I like the way, like you said, you're kind of grading each one separately because I'm looking like totality, like first year, great. Now, how much of that was a better bench balance? How much of that was Jalen Brunson coming up clutch in the second half of the season, especially the playoffs? And now you have a little more adversity, you know, but this definitely is interesting. And yeah, man, please get Jaden Hardy some run because the dude went on like a nine point just heater in like garbage time, but he was on Mm -hmm. fire. Yeah, the last two. Uh, is it the last like this, two? Yeah, yeah. He, he even the he he got some garbage time against the Knicks, mm-hmm. and he he comes right in immediately, looks for a shot, immediately gets going, and it's not the type of thing where he dribbles down and it's like, oh, you're a rookie with like a low basketball IQ. No. It's not that. No. He just he's aggressive. He's not afraid to defer to Frank because in those garbage minutes, he's typically the two, and Frank is the primary ball handler. Mm-hmm. So he's not out there just one on one going crazy. He's you know, he, he's making the right plays and he's looking for his own shot. So I, God, I'm such a, I'm such a big fan of his. And I really, really hope that, you know, we don't have to wait too long to see him do his thing. I totally agree. Yeah. Cause he's, he's something else. And I think, yeah, the Mavs hit something special. They can just use him. We'll see. <laughs> and it's almost like, oh man, we might need that. And yeah. we're just going to keep him off to the side. So that's Exactly. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I got one last question for you, Lauren. Again, yeah. thank you for coming on here, but mm-hmm. 20, something odd games in it's kind of gut check time i know you Mm -hmm. have a prediction on where the mavericks would land are there any updates to that are you kind of the same ballpark is it contingent on something happening where are you with these with the prediction here for the mavericks i'd say same ballpark uh lower confidence if that makes sense so i i think i initially initially going into the season i was pretty high on the timberwolves in terms of their regular season record um and pretty low on sacramento and i think we have reason to kind of feel the opposite now and so we'll see how that pans out um I hope for the beam team I mean that's an incredible story so I kind of hope that they can keep that going (laughs) like the Uh, beam (laughs) I love it oh my god it's amazing um but for Dallas right now I just until like I have no reason to believe what the timetable will be for them to get this lineup right and if they just keep you know playing with their food and thinking that I just don't know. I, I, for the life of me, I can't come up with an explanation as to why those adjustments haven't been made. And I think even the media who are in there almost just shoving those questions down Jason Kidd's throat, like, how can you not see this? 
for because it just continues to get mishandled i don't really know what the timeline is for it um but right so i don't want to necessarily say oh it's contingent upon the lineup changing a trade happening because i don't know if those things are even going to happen uh but right now going into this year i predicted that they would ceiling would be the fifth seed maybe the fourth seed but right now i have them kind of between six and eight because right now this team i just don't think they have it yeah i feel bad it it very much feels that if Luca wins MVP it's it's very much and this is why I don't think the MVP should be like a certain bar because yeah. it really depends on a lot but this would be very much like 2017 rust to me because yeah. the record doesn't look like it's going to be good enough to do it but the numbers the impact that he's having on this team from taking down the Warriors or taking down the Suns if he's on fire to looking like a I don't want to say Julie team is disrespectful, but just looking like a team that doesn't want to be on the floor when yeah. he's either not having a good game or is out. Like, I don't like the narrative being framed. I've seen it already where it's like, well, Luca has MVP numbers, but the Mavericks are like 12 and 11. Like, I get right. that, but you got to take some context too. It's not like it's tiny Archibald back in 1974 where he's <laughs> averaging, you know, a monster double-double and they're like 12 games under 500. Yeah. In my mind, if he stays around 500, I mean, is he kind of in your mind around the MVP because the numbers he's putting up and the impact he's having to me it's kind of crazy yeah I mean it is crazy because the numbers that he puts up I mean it's it's unbelievable because it's not just the triple double like he's up there in steals he's up like he does it all it is it truly is unreal it's actually at the point where I have him on my fantasy team where you pick each game and if he has 30 10 and 10 that's considered an off night for him I won't be picking that game because I know he'll put up more so (laughs) wow um it's it's I mean it's crazy watching him and so right now I'm look. My eyes are on Boston. If Boston can sustain this level of dominance, to me, there's really not even much of a conversation to be had. That's just my personal opinion right now. Like uh, but the West is so competitive, and it can stay so close. And Dallas, I mean, they're off to a rough start right now. But like that's been how it is year after year for them. Reggie Bullock's career three point stats. December rolls around, New Year comes around, all of a sudden the man is 40% from three and he just, it's night and day. And so for Dallas, like, is that a trend that you can bank on? That doesn't really seem to make a whole lot of sense, but that is what history has shown us. So I'd like to think that we might be in for a few roster changes. I'm interested to see how Kemba helps the formula, how the Christian Wood adjustment and even the Tim Hardaway Jr. adjustment might change things. So by the end of the year, it is crazy because I think this team could look very different just as they did last year with going from Porzingis to the small ball with Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that is very much in play. But as of right now, I just I, I don't have enough reason to bank on that happening. And so for them... I guess we'll have to see how it shakes out, but I am really intrigued because I do think that there are some some options out there for them. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Lauren, listen, I thank you for coming on. I'm glad we were able to get you on the show. We got to get the dream team together once we get yes, Chase Thomas back on. <laughs> that I was miss funny. him. I do I too. Him, I do too. I'll miss the Laker hate, but we were playing really well up until as a recording, they're losing to the Cavs. But listen, you know, aside from that, we got to make it happen. I might reach out. <laughs> yeah, you should. And I think you, I think you owe him some, some, some clap back because I, your guys are. Thank you. You said I it. I just, I said it. I, I'm watching it. I'm seeing it. I see the numbers, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. All right. I might be Team Corbin on this one. I appreciate that. Yes. There we go. Chase, you're going to be listening to this. So definitely. But Lauren, where can folks check you? I mean, aside from obviously 
You do a lot on Twitter. Of course, yes. they got just everything because you're just a great Mavs and just general NBA follow. I appreciate that. Well, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at the Lauren Gunn with two N's. I always try and, you know, give my Mavs takes, talk Mavs, but I also try and take a step back and and, and talk all the NBA teams, big, small markets, everything in between. Uh, I might have a, a project in the works that might be coming out soon to to announce. So, uh, yeah, give me a follow and, and I'll keep you updated there. I'm going to stay tuned with Bated Breath along with the rest of us. Um, very excited about this, Lauren, for sure. Thank you again for coming on. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, folks, listen, after that, it's hard to follow it up. We're not even going to try. Um, Corbin NBA, if you're so inclined. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely, you know, I'm there. Um, if you're so inclined. I love yeah, that. I promise you I am on there, so check me out there. Um, yeah, and aside from that, listen, Sports Ethos, just this podcast in general, um, on Twitter, at Sports Ethos, online, sportsethos.com. But until next time, y'all, this has been a blast for Lauren, for myself. We are Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty, and I will talk to y'all real, real soon. All right, y'all.